if it gets worse, uh, just let me know. All right, so uh, again, thank you all for, for being here this morning. Um, we're going to start off by reading from the book of Matthew. <clears throat> and uh, uh, one of the, one of the uh, accounts in the book of Matthew is the, uh, the account of the uh, woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And uh, before we go over to that particular, uh, that particular passage, I want to, uh, while we're working on getting another line set up, I uh, want to talk a little bit about mindset. Uh, this afternoon, or not this afternoon, but a couple afternoons ago, um, I had the good pleasure of talking to a, uh, a plant manager of a company, and we were talking about uh, mindset and you know what mindset is, uh, uh, I guess, necessary uh, for someone to uh, you know be safe. I guess it is really where we got to. And uh, when we talk about being safe and just being on the same page, uh, one of the one of the items that we looked at was mutual gratefulness and couldn't think of a better way to describe it but certainly um, you know it, it really hits on hits the point that uh, for a company and an employee to be on the same page there has to be a certain level of mutual gratefulness uh, between the two parties um, and what uh, I meant to say by that is that the employer has to be grateful for its employees, and the employees have to be grateful for uh, the employer. Uh, is everybody still following me on the line? Yeah. Okay, everybody can still hear me. For the people, everything good on your end? Did you get them? Yeah, yeah, it looks like we're, it looks like we're good to go. Thank you. Appreciate it. Apologize for the uh, the technical difficulties, uh, but again, if if somebody if if it gets spotty, just uh, just let me know, and uh, you know we'll we'll make uh, we'll make the change. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, with this mutual gratefulness, it's important to um, it's important for all of us to just keep in mind. Uh, that we, we are blessed all the way around, that uh, certainly with a company wanting to have its employees lock and step, we wanna be locked and step with God. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's, there is a mutual gratefulness. Now, that is not to say that God needs us, um, but let's just speak of what we, what we mean by, uh, by God, uh, or what I'm, Referencing relative to the scripture reading that we're just going to uh, take a look at here in the book of Matthew, is that Jesus Christ was God in the flesh, mm -hmm. and uh, when He came to this earth, um, His purpose was to uh, to serve. And uh, we were looking at our Wednesday night Bible class, and one of the verses that we touched on was 
you know, when Jesus was uh, being questioned by his disciples about who was great in the kingdom, right? Uh, Jesus's response was he started to wash his disciples' feet, mm -hmm. and uh, he said, "He who is the least is the greatest." Um, this this servant mindset that Jesus had, and again. Jesus being God in the flesh mm -hmm. um, was that he needed someone to serve right? and in order for Jesus to be uh, an example of servitude there had to be someone there to be of service to and again God and Jesus are grateful for us his children um, because you know we are the subjects we are the benefactors of his love uh, his loving kindness. Uh, we are the benefactors of His grace. If we did not exist, then who would be the benefactors of God's love and, and, and His grace? Now, again, there's, you know, one is not greater than the other. God can certainly make um, servants out of rocks. He can <laughs> make servants out of anything. Um, he chose us. <laughs> you know, these, these lowly, fleshly, uh, two-legged sinful creatures to to be his servants you know on the flip side of that obviously we are grateful for the love of God uh, we know that without the love of God that we would have no hope um, and uh, you know for obvious reasons um, our fate would be sealed um, so there is mutual gratefulness on both sides of the fence or both sides of the equation. Mm -hmm. um, and with that, uh, we know that there is a cooperation there. We, uh, again, as we, we talked about, even with our uh, contribution, um, you know, we reap what we sow. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and once we, once we reap what has been sowed, that gives us the ability to sow even more. more. Mm -hmm. um, so, looking at uh, this example, um, and actually, uh, let's look at John, the 8th the chapter. Um, uh, if you have a Bible, we'll be looking at John, the 8th chapter. And in this particular instance, uh, we see here that Jesus um, is dealing with these these. Pharisees, these disciples, these legalists mm -hmm. um, that are so focused on the word of the law that they lose sight of the intent <laughs> of the law. Right. Um, you know, it goes along to the old adage of, you know, you can't see the forest but for the trees. Mm -hmm. And it says here that uh, Jesus, while he was up in the Mount of Olives, it says that, uh, you know, uh, in verse number two of John the eighth chapter, that uh, uh, he came to the temple and a bunch of people came to him um, and sat down and he taught them. Mm -hmm. And the scribes and the Pharisees always seeking to take an opportunity to usurp the spiritual authority of Jesus Christ, <laughs> brought a woman who was found guilty of adultery, or really not found guilty of adultery, but as it says in verse number four, was caught in the very act of adultery. Mm -hmm. Now, we've talked about this example before. Um, where was the man in this situation? Um, you know, how did they know this situation was occurring? You know, what, what are the, what are the, 
the background information right. that led them to apprehend this woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. Well, we don't we don't have any details on that. No. And to the extent of this particular account, the purpose of this particular account, it's really not relevant. Mm -hmm. What is relevant is that the scribes and Pharisees came up to Jesus and in verse number uh, in verse number four uh, of John the eighth chapter, they said, "Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very." Act mm -hmm. and <clears throat> I again I I just want to prime this conversation by centering around uh, the introduction, which is you know what mindset should we have um, as Christians? You know again the conversation I was having with this plant manager about a mindset of safety. I said there needs to be you know mutual gratefulness. There has to be you know one is in love with the other. Um, there's love going around, there's love going in, there's love coming out. And in this particular instance, the scribes and Pharisees brought this woman to Jesus uh, for the purpose of uh, being stoned. In verse number 5 of John the 8th chapter, uh, the scripture says that, Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? Mm -hmm. And again, the scribes and Pharisees were hoping to get Jesus in a, uh, in a pickle. And why would they seek to get him in a pickle? Because previous to this particular occasion, Jesus had just spoken to the tribes and Pharisees about love. You know, mm -hmm. uh, going back to the, uh, to the book of Matthew, um, or as accounted for in the book of Matthew, uh, Jesus talks to the scribes and Pharisees, he refutes this mindset of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. He says that, uh, you know, the scripture says, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, um, but you do, uh, you do harm unto your enemies. The intent of God's commandment from the very beginning was not, uh, you know, the neighbor that agrees, but also the neighbor that disagrees. The neighbor that is an enemy of yours is the one that you're supposed to lo show love to. Mm -hmm. Jesus, is, uh, if I'm saying this right, if I'm using proper English, the gospel of Jesus Christ, as we know, is centered around love. Mm -hmm. So these Pharisees knew that. They knew what Jesus was all about. They knew that, aha, we've got Jesus in a quandary because certainly he would... You know, you know the, these house of cards that Jesus has erected around himself, or certainly the house of cards being his gospel, will fall apart in this instance. Mm -hmm. Because we have found a woman who is dead to rights. Mm -hmm. She was caught in the very act. The commandment of the, law, of the Old Testament scripture is very clear. And they come to him and they say, what do you think we should do? It says in verse number six, this they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. Mm -hmm. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote in the ground as though he heard them not. Mm -hmm. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast 
a stone adder. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about um, you know this 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 mutual gratefulness in in this particular account is what Jesus is saying. We know that Jesus is the right uh, you know who was a man without sin. He certainly could have been the man to cast the first stone, but he didn't. Well, why didn't he? Um, and why didn't he, I think, speaks to the reason why each and every one of us are here in this room uh, to begin with. Right. Mm-hmm. Is because God loves us. There are certainly some things that uh, uh, you have done in your life. Mm-hmm. And maybe you haven't been caught in the act by a scribe and a Pharisee. Guess who has seen every single dirty thing that you've done? Right. Every single thing that you've done in terms uh, every single thing that you have done uh, against the commandments of God. Guess who saw that? Guess who saw that? And at the moment that he saw it, you were dead to rights. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are times where we have made decisions that, or done things that we know that we shouldn't have done and done them nonetheless in private. Mm-hmm. Right? And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't mean to say this jokingly, but I would adventure to say that maybe there are even some Christians who feel as long as I sin in private you know I can fool people Mm -hmm. as long as I'm sinning in private as long as I'm not bringing reproach against the congregation it's okay Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact I can sit wherever I'm sitting or be on the prayer line and and be okay Mm -hmm. because nobody saw me but there's somebody that saw you. Amen. And when this 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 woman who was caught in the act was brought to Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ, being a man who certainly could have cast the first stone, he didn't do it because of his love for each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. You know this this mindset that I'm that I'm going to expound upon by the time we get to the last part of the lesson is a mindset of mercy, a mindset of loving kindness, a mindset of, of, of virtue, a mindset of praise. Mm-hmm. You know these these things that uh, we are told to think on continually is the mindset that we should have, and is the mindset that Jesus exemplified in this exact moment. Mm-hmm. This woman, her fate was sealed. There's no defense because she was caught in the act. Mm-hmm. It says that in verse number 8 of John the 8th chapter, Jesus again stooped down and wrote on the ground. And when they heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. You know, you know, Jesus says he's writing, you know, he's, he's basically saying, well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Which one of you is going to cast the first stone? Which one of you is like unto 
excuse me, which one of you is not like unto this woman? And in this moment where Jesus is completing what he's doing, or writing stuff in, in the dirt or in the sand, uh, each and every one of those men was convicted. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because they looked into their own heart and mm -hmm. saw their own dirt. Right. Their own grind. <laughs> right. Their own transgressions, their own sin. Mm -hmm. And no one cast the first stone. Mm -hmm. No one cast the stone. But again, we see Jesus and this woman. Did Jesus have the ability and the power and the might to stone this woman to death? Absolutely. Was he a man without sin? Absolutely. The scripture tells us that Jesus lived a life without sin, neither was there a guile found in his mouth. So she wasn't out of, she wasn't free and clear at this moment, because the only one who could cast a stone was still in the midst. Mm -hmm. It says in verse number 10, when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. You know, there are angels in heaven that rejoice you know Jesus and I believe in in one particular parable he, he talks about a shepherd who has a, a, a bunch of sheep and one of the sheep goes missing mm -hmm. and he just doesn't rest on his laurels and and just you know thank God that he has you know 99 sheep still left over in his sheep well what does he do he, he takes up his staff and he goes out and he searches for that lost sheep. And when he brings that lost sheep back, his family is whole. And the scripture tells us, Jesus tells us that the angels in heaven rejoice when one who is lost is brought back to the fold. And we see here, you know, a sim not just a semblance of this, but we see it working in practical application. Where Jesus says, you know, where are those who condemn you? She says, no man. And he says, neither will I condemn you. Mm -hmm. Go mm -hmm. and sin no more. Mm -hmm. We talk about that mindset because... Um, there's there is a mindset, and and I've given uh, probably two or three sermons on this already, that goes with being a Christian, and one of the minds, one of the things, I guess one of the overarching mindsets is a mindset of love and mercy. There are keychains that say, "What would Jesus do?" Mm. Well, what would you do? If you were in this particular situation, what were you, what would you do if this was your wife? Mm -hmm. What would you do if you were uh, one of these scribes and the Pharisees? Would you show mercy? Would you show love? Well, I would say that you would show mercy if you were grateful 
for the fact that God has forgiven you Amen. while you were yet a sinner and dirty and grimy and sinful. It says, uh, <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, uh, let's turn to First uh, John. First John, the first chapter. It says in verse number one, First uh, John, the first chapter. It says, "That which was from the beginning, which ye have heard, which ye have seen with your eyes." which ye have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life. Mm -hmm. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show it unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. Mm -hmm. He's speaking of Jesus Christ, and how the Apostle John, you know, touched, mm -hmm. embraced, mm -hmm. heard, and saw the word of life being manifest in the form of Jesus the Christ. Mm -hmm. In verse number three, that which we have seen and, ha and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This, then, is the message that we have heard of him. And who's the him? Well, the, uh, that we have heard of, that they have heard, rather, of God and of Jesus Christ. Again, this, this word of life was made flesh. Go back to John, the first chapter, and verse number 14 as a cross-reference for that. And John says, this is the message that we have heard and we are again professing unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Mm -hmm. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Now, I Again, I read this passage many times before, but in light of this, you know, how grateful we should feel to be in fellowship with Jesus Christ is to say that we were darkness and God and Jesus Christ, or rather the word of life that was made manifest in the man Jesus Christ, has transformed us from being a dark creature a dark human being into one who is now enlightened mm -hmm. by the word of God. Mm -hmm. I say that to say this, when you are faced with situations uh, in your life, you know, forks in the road, you could go to the left or to the right, you could curse or you could bless. Uh, we talked about last Lord's Day about, you know, there being a purpose under the sun and and really not knowing the purpose, but we know that the time that we live in now is a dispensation or a time of love. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the same mindset that Jesus showed for this adulterous woman is the same mindset that we should have. And we should walk <laughs> in that mindset every single day. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine for a second... Just 
looking at people or and, and sister Tiffany mentioned this yesterday when we were uh, we were talking about uh, positive intent just you know every time somebody uh, you know says something to you or you know has you know a uh, a thorn in the flesh that they're struggling with let's say um, you know they they uh, a despiteful word is used towards you um, if you were able to flip that on its head and, and just say, okay, I'll be the punching bag today, or rather God has given me the strength through his word to absorb this punishment for their benefit. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe not being absolutely clear, um, let's go back to the book of John. Just, just keeping that, that thought process here for a second. In uh, the book of John, uh, let's go back to the 8th chapter. In the book of John, we'll go back to the 8th the chapter. It says uh, in, uh, let, let's start at verse number 20. It says, These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught them in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then, Jesus said, then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whether I go, ye cannot come. And I just want to, uh, reread verse number 21 again. Jesus said, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Colon. Whether I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he had said, Because he had, because he said, Whether I go, ye cannot come. And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Then they said unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. And they didn't understand it in verse number 27, um, because he spake to them of the Father. In verse number 28, it says, Then Jesus said unto them, When ye have, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he. And that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father had taught me, I speak these things. He that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. You, you, you see this, this mindset that Jesus had, um, and you know, as, he, as he says, you can't go to this place that I'm going because you're dead you're, you're dead to your rights right? because you're a sinner. Right. And my Father has seen the sins that you've committed. Mm -hmm. There's no wiggle room around it. You will die in your sins unless you what? 
believe in me, believe that I am he and that my father sent me. Well, what he says in the latter part of this passage is one that I want to, uh, want to touch on, is what does he allude to in verse 28 and 29? He says that I do nothing of myself. I don't do anything for all that I do I do to please my father we know that there was mutual gratefulness between the father and the son the father loved his son and his son loved his father and because there was a reciprocity of love. There was an alignment of mindset. John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son mm -hmm. that what? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved us. Mm -hmm. 1 John tells us that because of that love, we love Him. Mm -hmm. And because there's an alignment of mutual gratefulness and love, there's alignment of mindset. Now, I go back to uh, this uh, the scripture that I just referenced in 1 John, the first chapter about walking in the light. Mm -hmm. Well, walking in the light is the same. Uh, it's the same same principle, mm -hmm. right? That God loved us enough to give us the light. Right? And, and while we are walking in the light, we show and prove that light in our lives. Mm -hmm. See how that works? Mm -hmm. You know, God gives us the light mm -hmm. and we use that light to enlighten others to God. Mm -hmm. We reap what we sow. Right. Uh, brother people, uh, can you read for us again the scripture reading? Uh, Romans, the 8th chapter, verses 5 and 6. And actually, if you can, start reading at uh, verse number 1. Romans, the 8th chapter, starting at Verse 1. It reads, There is therefore no condemnation to them. Stop right there. You see this word condemnation? Mm -hmm. There is no more condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, right. but after the Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, when Jesus was standing with this woman who was dead to rights mm -hmm. in her sin, <laughs> what did Jesus say? He said, where are those who condemn you? Right. Or where are your condemners? And she said, no man. She looked around. There was no man there to condemn her. And what did Jesus say? Well, I'm not going to condemn you either. Right. Go and sin no more. We see the same biblical principle here in Romans 8 chapter and verse number 1 where 
There is no more condemnation to us right. who are dead to rights in our sins. Mm -hmm. It says there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. And how do you get in Christ Jesus? Well, you have to be in fellowship with Christ Jesus because we just got the reading of 1 John that if you are in fellowship with Christ Jesus, what does his blood do? It continues to cleanse us of our sins. Mm -hmm. In verse number two, I'm, I'm sorry, brother, go ahead. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemneth sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Let's stop you right there. So, why didn't Jesus condemn the woman? Well, it wasn't him. It wasn't his role to do any condemning. Mm -hmm. We know that God sending his own son says in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Mm -hmm. God mm -hmm. sent his son to die on the cross as a condemnation for the sins of all humanity. You know, we again talk about this mutual gratefulness. God loved us, and because of His love, we love Him. Mm -hmm. You know, what's a what's a shepherd without a sheep? Mm -hmm. And what's sheep without a shepherd? Mm -hmm. What's what's a body without arms and legs? And and what's the legs without a whole body? Mm -hmm. You know, we we are irreparably and maybe that's not even the right word we are connected together with God because we need him mm -hmm. we need him we are connected with Christ yes. because we need him and Christ is connected with us God is connected with us because they gave up themselves for us mm -hmm. And you may say, well, what do you mean by they gave up themselves for us? Well, again, we know that God, Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, mm -hmm. humbled himself even lower than angels mm -hmm. to present himself as a sacrifice for you and I. Right. <laughs> I, I, I think about this mindset here for a second. And um, this is the last verse that we'll read before I close. Mm -hmm. Again, Romans, the, the eighth chapter. It says, uh, again, starting at verse number five. Mm -hmm. For they that are after the flesh mm -hmm. do mind the things of the flesh. Right. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Mm -hmm. You think about, uh, you know, mindset mm -hmm. is the moment that you are misaligned the moment that you don't the moment that you don't acknowledge the loving kindness of God the moment that 
you don't appreciate the fact that God in his love sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for your sins, making you no longer dark but light, making you un turning you from unrighteousness to righteousness, giving you hope where there was no hope. What else is there? If you don't have that mindset, if you're not focusing on that, what else is there? If you remove light, what else is there? Darkness. darkness. Mm -hmm. And your flesh is full of darkness. Mm -hmm. It goes on to say in verse number 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity mm -hmm. against God. You know what that means? It's against God. It means that there is no longer any mutual gratefulness mm -hmm. with that carnal mind. Go talk to somebody who doesn't believe in God. Or go talk to somebody who, uh, let me rephrase it. Look at those, reflect upon those moments in your own spiritual walk. When maybe you weren't living as you should. What was your mindset? Your mindset wasn't focused on God. Otherwise you, you wouldn't have been doing what you were doing. It, it wasn't focused on those things of the spirit. Otherwise you wouldn't have been doing those things that you were doing. Amen. It says the carnal mind thinks contrary to the will of God. It is enmity. It is against. It butts up against. It does not align itself with God. It goes on to say in verse number 7, For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. It doesn't even, it doesn't even, it, it, it doesn't even allow itself to you know, my mom used to say hard-headedness. Mm -hmm. yes. You know, it, it can't hear it. It can't see it. it. It's that type of mindset doesn't humble itself to even allow the law of God to, to, to permeate into mm -hmm. the conscious and subconscious thought. Mm -hmm. And I guess I would say is think about those times where you were hard-headed. I can tell you many, many times where uh, I have not been grateful for the blessings of God. Uh, and, and those times were absolutely the same exact times where I was hard-headed, when I was carnally, carnally minded. It says uh, in verse number 8, So then they that are in the flesh, they cannot please God. No. It's impossible to be mutually grateful in a relationship with God mm -hmm. because you're in the flesh. But, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. So be it that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Mm -hmm. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken or give life to your mortal bodies by his spirit 
that dwelleth in you. Mm-hmm. You know, you could you could continue on and 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 read on with what it says uh, in verse number eight, but more importantly, in, in in verse number sixteen, it says the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You know, again, I, I, there are decisions that each and every one of us are faced with, mm-hmm. right? There are forks in the road. There's opportunities I mentioned where you could curse or you could bless. You could cause pain or you could bring forth comfort. Uh, you could return a spiteful word with the same level of vitriol and, and, and spitefulness. Or you could return that 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 the spitefulness with the love of God. You have a choice. We have free will to decide. Mm-hmm. Just remember what we read in, in the book of John. Jesus' response to those men was first person who has who, ye who has no sin cast ye a stone mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm eternally grateful to God um, for him allowing the for the gospel to be introduced into my life Amen. Um, at a time in which it needed to be introduced in my life uh, I remember, again, hearing a sermon, and I knew, based on that sermon, I was dead to rights. Mm-hmm. I knew it. God had caught me in the act. <laughs> and I knew what my fate was going to be. Yes. But I also heard a message of love. And how Jesus came to this earth as, a, as the token of God's love. And he died on the cross for my sins. You know, Jesus didn't condemn. He was the byproduct of the condemnation of sin. Mm-hmm. Or his, his death was the byproduct of the condemnation of my sin. Right. You know, that, that gratefulness that I have for God and for Jesus Christ puts me in the right mindset to do the things that he would have me to do. Now the this again the scripture says in Romans 8 chapter <coughs> that God sent his son for for us. Mm-hmm. And the, the righteousness that was Jesus Christ is made manifest in me when I walk in the light. Mm-hmm. Where I show and prove Christ-like characteristics mm-hmm. with those who I come in contact with. And one of those Christ-like characteristics is love and mercy. Mm-hmm. So if you're here this morning and you have not been living as you should, maybe, maybe you have been, maybe you've fallen into the trap of being carnally minded. Maybe you've been focusing on the flesh. I do want to ask one question before I close. Well, how do you know if you're living spiritually or living carnally? Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a really 
great question to ask and, and delve into. Um, so the, the quick and dirty answer to that question is this. The scripture tells us that there are things that are in the world. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Scripture also tells us that charity doesn't seek its own. It is not concerned with me, it's concerned with you. Whereas the love of the world is always concerned with me and not really, not at all concerned with you. So I guess the question again here is if we are to be in lock and step with God and with Christ, right? If we are to have a Christ-like mindset of love and mercy, and we know what love and mercy entails, then the difference between being carnally minded and spiritually minded really has to delve around the question of who's getting the benefit? Who are you doing it for? Right? God sent His Son for us. We live in turn for Him. Mm -hmm. Who's getting the benefit and who are you doing it for? Mm -hmm. If you are getting the benefit or if you are doing it for you, then it's carnally minded. Mm -hmm. If you are doing it for others or you are doing it for God and Christ, then it is spiritually minded. How do I know this? The scripture tells us that we are to present our bodies as a holy and living sacrifice unto God, which is our reasonable service. Amen. You know, the question is, who's getting all the, all the benefits? Am I, am I doing it to appeal to me? Am I, am I doing it for me? Is it going to make me feel better? Or is it going to, uh, you know, enrich my pockets or is it going to elevate me in, in the socioeconomic structure or maybe amongst my peers that's what it means to be carnally minded is I'm constantly thinking about the benefit to me spiritually minded I'm always thinking about where is the benefit to God where is the benefit to Christ where is the benefit to others generally speaking. And that goes across the board. You have a choice to go left or right. There's always a choice. One is going to be to your personal benefit and one is going to be to the benefit of others. You are going to come across individuals who are dead to rights. And what did Jesus do? He could have done what was a benefit to the law, to himself, to the scribes, to the Pharisees. What did he do? He didn't do anything except kneel down on the ground and continue to write. He didn't condemn her. He just said, go and sin no more. And so the message is you uh, for you here this morning. The word of God. as it's been presented, is laid before you. It's not meant to condemn. It's not meant to damn you to hell or anything along those lines. 
The word of God is not about condemnation, but salvation. Man. God calls all men to repentance. He doesn't call all men to condemnation. He calls you to repentance. Salvation is what he's calling you towards this morning. And as we just got the reading here, that if you are carnally minded, then you just can't wrap your mind around it. So you have to do something. You have to do something in order to be transformed from a carnal mind into a spiritual mind. And part of that is hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hearing this gospel of love. This, and, and how this gospel of love should produce mutual gratefulness. And when we are aligned with God, we are in fellowship with God. We are in fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are in the light. His blood cleanses us from all sin. And if we die in the light, guess what we get? We get a crown of life. We get to be in that place, that new Jerusalem that's spoken of in Revelations, the 21st chapter, where there is no pain, no sorrow, no tears. There is no night. It's an eternal day. So if you're here this morning, we're going to sing a song of invitation. If you have been overtaken in a fault, if, there is, if you've been carnally minded, you can begin that process of being transformed back into your spiritual mind this morning by coming to God and asking Him for the spiritual strength that is necessary to do just that. You know, godly sorrow worketh repentance, and that repentance what works salvation. You can go back and look at uh, 2 Corinthians, I believe it's the, the, uh, the 12th chapter. Uh, no, it's 2 Corinthians, the... Uh, the seventh chapter, um, where uh, you know the transformation goes from you know, being in sin and death to uh, being uh, in eternal life, or being a partaker of that eternal life. You can begin that process today by asking God to forgive you uh, and asking Him for His spiritual strength to have that godly sorrow that is necessary to be transformed. If you are not a Christian this morning, uh, well, you don't have the Spirit because baptism is the only avenue to obtain the Spirit. You need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. You need to believe it. You need to repent. You need to confess with the mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of living God and go down in that water grave of baptism. And I, and I don't want to skirt over this belief mm -hmm. Um, because that belief is is not just that I believe, but I believe so much so that I will do. Man. And, uh, you know, that can lead off into another lesson, which I won't do at the moment. But you need to hear it. You need to believe it with the depth of action. Yes. And with that action, repent, confess, and be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost in order to obtain the... Uh, remission of sins and the gift of the Holy Ghost, you know, that you'll get that spirit that beareth, that, uh, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, as uh, 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 we just got the reading. And one must live faithfully until death in order to obtain the crown of life. So again, the message is yours. 
And uh, immediately after the song invitation, the floor will be open up to anyone who needs to request a prayer. <laughs>